Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Okay, well, let's do what we do here, people. We pray and we'll jump in. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name for clarity on the word tonight, that as we study the book of Revelation, you would help it to make sense, that you would anchor it into our souls. You said that there's a blessing for those that read and put into practice the words that are written in the scroll of the book of Revelation. So we pray, give us clarity tonight and then help us to know what to do with the info in Jesus' name. Well, this is our uh, Book of Revelation series that we're doing, of course, and uh, this is our uh, session tonight on the three messenger angels. Now, I know last week I asked for the lights to come up a little bit. Can we bring them down a little bit? <clears throat> a little more. Perfect, right there. Thank you. Uh, so what we're going to do tonight uh, in this uh, session is uh, we are going to be looking at three angels that are found uh, in Revelation chapter um, 14. And if this is a passage of scripture that uh, you're, you may not be familiar with. Okay, I lied on the lights. I'm so sorry. Is there a way to get any lights on the stage and get those lights off? I can't read my Bible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, house lights will work. You know what? That'll do it. We, you can leave the, uh, the spotlights on. I just needed house lights up. Thank you. Um, okay, so we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 14. And uh, we just got done with the, uh, the 144,000. That was last session. And we looked at who those 144,000 are and you know, their role in the end times. Well, without skipping a beat, the very next words... Uh, that are written in the book of Revelation deal with these three messenger angels. And uh, this is just a really interesting subject. If, if you, uh, I'll, I'll say it this way, uh, you have to do crazy theological gymnastics to make these three angels something other than angels. Like you have to try really hard to make them not angels, to make this symbolic. Soon as they're not angels, then you have to try really hard to make their messages mean something other than just the plain sense meaning. The way to approach the book of Revelation as a rule, unless it says, hey, this is a symbol, is to take it at its uh, plain uh, sense value, plain sense meaning. Well, that sounds like a, a, a helpful interpretive key to reading the book of Revelation, Revelation, and it is a helpful key, but now we have an interesting dilemma because we're talking about three angels during the tribulation that are going to talk to the planet and the planet is going to hear what they say and respond to them. I mean, when was the last time that we were imagining angels getting a global microphone and talking to the planet? Like a real angel really talking to the planet and the planet really hearing what they have to say and then responding. This is a very interesting idea, and that is the picture of Revelation 14, uh, starting in, you know, what, uh, verse 6, 6 through uh, verse 13. We're going to look at this passage tonight, but before we jump into it, I'm just going to give you a little bit of the uh, preview of where we're headed, okay? So these are real angels, that's important, okay? These are real angels that have a real function in God's kingdom already, 
but they are going to have a specific role at the end of the age uh, during the Great Tribulation period. They're going to do some really interesting things. First point I want to make is they have an unusual ministry assignment. I say the word unusual because most of the time when we think of angels, even in relationship to the book of Revelation, we're thinking about what they're doing in the throne room. And we're thinking of that as kind of a normal ministry assignment for an angel. Something in the throne room. <clears throat> well, those are part of the deal too. These angels, however, have the ministry assignment of, hey, angel, yeah, you. Go to planet Earth and preach really loud. I need them all to hear this. Wow. That's an interesting ministry assignment. Oh, yeah, but it's not just you. It's the guy behind you and the guy behind him. I want you three angels to go preach at planet. Get to preaching. This is a very unusual ministry assignment, at least as far as we typically think about the ministry of angels and what do they do and you know how do they interact, okay? Second, very unexpected messages. Now, if you're imagining these angels as really real, really coming and really talking, you're already 90% of the way there to what it is that they're about to say. But the fact that they have messages assigned by God for them to go and preach is unusual. Then what they have to say is unexpected and intense. They are going to come and they are going to preach messages to the planet during the Great Tribulation period. I just want you to, I mean, Jesus is really coming. That's not a, that's not a fictitious idea. It's really Jesus. But Jesus has never done that before. Not like he's coming second time. First time he came born in a manger and nobody knew he was here. Second time he's coming in the sky with great glory. And we believe it because that's what the Bible says. We also need to recognize there are three angels that are coming before Jesus comes and they're going to preach. Okay. Their messages will be unexpected. Their presence is unprecedented. Just the way that this is going to work. Again, I'm not saying that there haven't been angels doing ministry on the earth. I'm saying there's never been a time where angels' ministry was universally recognized by the globe. I mean, that's never happened before. Where everybody on the planet went, oh yeah, angel one. What did he say? He said this. And then you go to a different country that speaks a different language, and you ask them, what did angel one say? And they tell you the same thing in their language. This is a very interesting reality that we're about to face. Their presence is unprecedented. But do you remember Revelation chapter 12 when we looked at the unprecedented physical presence of the, uh, of the demons in Revelation 12? We were looking at their presence and what they were going to do and how weird that was and how unprecedented that was. Again, there's always been demons, but there's never been principalities on the earth walking around like what we see in Revelation chapter 12. Well, praise the Lord... There's also going to be angels doing stuff. And it's not just demons that are going to have their, you know, day in the spotlight, so to speak. So those are, those are the details I want you to see so far. The last point I want to make as a, an interesting dynamic of what's going to occur here. There is severe impact on the church related to the messages of these three angels. Angel one says something makes significant impact on the church. Angel 2 and Angel 3, they say stuff and it makes significant impact on the church. So we're going to watch angels say stuff in the sky and that make significant impact on the church on the earth. 
All right, let's look at four trends that come out of this passage. And again, we are going to look at the verses here. But we're going to look at four trends. Now, the Bible, and specifically the book of Revelation and the end times, they're filled with trends. We've been looking at, I mean, here we are, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, session 74 in the book of Revelation. We've been looking at trends upon trends upon trends. Well, we're going to look at four more tonight, and, and a lot of this is overlap from other things that we've studied. But I want us to look at four trends that are being identified in this passage of Scripture related to the ministry of these three angels. There's four trends. One trend per angel and then another trend that happens as a result of what these angels are saying and doing. First, let's look at the, uh, the first trend here, and we'll read the passage that accompanies it. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to break up Revelation chapter 14, 6 through, what I say, 13. I'm going to break it up into chunks that, are, that identify the four trends, and we'll go in order, okay? So effectively, as we get through uh, Roman numeral 2 here, we will have read the whole passage. The first trend, worldwide proclamation of the gospel by an angel. Reinhard Bonnke will finally get trumped. Somebody will finally have preached to more people than Reinhard Bonnke. It's an angel. Okay? What it says here, Revelation 14, 6 through 7, top of page 2. Then I saw another angel flying in midair. So it's up in the air. And he had the eternal gospel to do what with that eternal gospel? Think real hard about it. To proclaim to those who live on the earth. Well, how many people? To every nation, every tribe, every language, and every people. This angel will proclaim the gospel to every people, language, tribe, and nation. You can count on it. Those who live on the face of the earth. He said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. You guys remember that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom? It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of the gospel. It's the fear of the Lord. The recognition, recognition God is real. He is big. He is in charge. And I am a dirty, rotten sinner. That's where the fear of the Lord starts. It's the revelation. God is big and I need him. He is big and powerful. And woe to me if he decided to smite me because he is big and awesome. That's the beginning. It says, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Now, this is a little bit of a timing indicator. The hour of his judgment has come. This actually starts at the beginning of the Great Tribulation period. That's what's happening here. These three angels, their ministry starts at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. Okay, The hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. I just want us to catch this. This angel's message is the gospel. The expectation is people will give their lives to Jesus. This is one of the ways, not the only, but one of the ways we know there's going to be a lot of people giving their lives to Jesus during the great tribulation period. There's going to be a ton of people. They're going to hear this angel and they're actually going to give their, they're going to do what the angel said. They're going to fear God, give him glory because he is the God of the heavens who made everything. He's in charge and the hour of his judgment has come. There'll be some who hear that message and go, ah, I don't really know. And then the hour of his judgment starts the next day and all these crazy bad things start happening. They go, maybe that angel wasn't smoking something. Maybe the angel knows what's up. He said the hour of God's judgment has come. We sure have entered into a very interesting season of time here on planet earth. And that angel in the air told us this was about to happen and gave us the prescription, give your lives to Jesus. 
woe to the earth. It's time. God's judgment has come. I'm here to proclaim the eternal gospel to you. Give God glory and praise him. Next. So that's the first trend is worldwide proclamation of the gospel. Just as another little juxtaposition, you know, reverse kind of thing. Think about the global takeover from the Antichrist and the proclamation of the beast worship system. It is only fitting that the kingdom of God be given a supernatural injection on top of the witness of the gospel from all of us across the earth and all the nations, that there there be a supernatural proclamation of the gospel in order to answer that beast worship system. All right, we'll go to the second one, the fall of the harlot Babylon. The fall of the system, again, we're going to do this, uh, this course this coming fall that Andy's going to teach called the Harlot Babylon. It's a 14-session course that's describing, if you just need kind of a nutshell, it's describing more or less now until the Antichrist. The period of time now, 2021, now until the time of the Antichrist and the rise of great deception and a whole planet that is going to call evil good and good evil. That is the rise of the heart of Babylon. Now, that's way more nuanced than that. But what's going to happen is a system is going to rise. It's going to be global. It's going to be economic, religious, governmental. It's going to be everything. It's going to be touch every sphere of society. It's going to be a global system that is going to stand against Jesus. It's going to stand for unrighteousness. And it's going to embrace compromise at every level. That's why she's called the harlot Babylon. Because she is, she's totally turning the tide on what is right, good, and true. And she's entering into all forms of wickedness and evil and compromise. Well, that is going to look like an unbeatable system. What is going to rise? The level of unity, the level of coming together, the level of rallying around wicked causes and calling those causes good and right and true, even though they are foul and evil. There's going to be such a rallying around that. It's going to look like a system that couldn't possibly ever topple ever. Well, the second angel... He's dispatched, and his job is tell them the unbeatable system is about to fall. Actually, declare to them it just fell. Okay, here it is. Revelation 14.8. <clears throat> Second angel followed and said, now followed where? In the sky, because that's where the first one was. But remember, the first one's job was to declare to all the nations, all the people, you, so this first angel, I'm imagining it's almost like a procession, okay? This first angel is going around. His job is to declare to every people group, language, tribe, everywhere. The second one follows him. So it's almost like the first one shows up and says, ah, the gospel, Jesus. And then the next one follows him and comes to that same place. And that second one then says, the fall of Babylon is, is upon you. The fall of Babylon. Here it is. The second angel followed him and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which has made the nations drunk, uh, drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. He says this system, Babylon the great, the, the unbeatable, the system that was the rallying point of all the nations, it was indestructible. There was too much unity, too much strength, too much agreement, too much money, too much governmental connectedness. Fallen is Babylon the great. Well, we know that Babylon the Great falls 
at the rise of Antichrist because Antichrist annexes, takes over the Babylonian system and sets the city of Babylon on fire when the Antichrist shows up. This is another one of those timing indicators that lets us know when these three angel, angels get to preaching. It's the beginning of the Great Tribulation period. Okay, So here we've got the, uh, the Babylon has fallen. She has fallen. Well, uh, until this moment, when this moment becomes reality, until this moment, Babylon is rising, is rising, is rising. And there is no beating Babylon. She will be a system that is too global and universal to even possibly try to dismantle. The only way you could dismantle it is with a more powerful system, which is what the Antichrist will bring to the table. The Antichrist will destroy the old system and then completely take over all of its uh, infrastructure and organization in order to then turn it towards worshiping him instead of towards a giant kumbaya. Okay? So that's the second angel. Third angel. A third angel followed them. Okay, so you got this guy's going first, then the next angel's following him. This third one is following them. Okay, I just want us to get the picture. We are talking about global preachers from heaven. This is a very unusual idea, okay? A third angel followed them, and he said in a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Now, we already looked at in Revelation chapter 13, the rise of the beast system. But I'm trying to give you here a little bit of a chronology of things, okay? You're talking about the global proclamation of the gospel. Then the global proclamation of the fall of Babylon. Then the global rise of the Antichrist system. Then this angel judging that global rise and saying, hey, this, the harlot Babylon system just fell. Don't think that the kingdom that just took it over is a good thing. Anyone who takes the mark of the beast or worships the Antichrist, they'll go to hell and they will burn forever. So the angel is actually warning the earth, don't take the mark of the beast right before the mark of the beast system is going into place. This is fascinating. This is remarkable. Like, man, I really want to see this movie made. Just this like three-day period or however it works. Like these three angels, what they're doing, what they're saying, the, the ramifications, the implications, everything about it is so intense. Well, the very last portion of this scripture, Revelation 14, 6 through 13, the very end of it, because we just got done with verse 11, but we're not done with the passage yet because there's still verse 12 and verse 13. Verse 12 and verse 13 tell us, they indicate to us part of what's going to happen when three angels come out of heaven and tell the planet, you're wrong. And the church is right. And Jesus is right. And anybody who argues is going to go to hell. You know what happens to the church? Oh boy, that's not going to go well for us. There's going to be a lot of people that are not excited to hear that message. 
They are not excited. I mean, the ones that give their lives to Jesus will be excited. But by and large, the majority of the earth, we're already told in one minute, is going to worship the Antichrist. So do you know what they're going to do? They are going to hate and they are going to slay. Persecution will never have reached this level of height at any point in human history. This is the moment that the Antichrist beast worship system is implemented. And right before this moment is when the angel says, woe to anybody that jumps in on that system. And then the whole world is going to jump in on that system. And guess what it's going to cause? Trend number four, large scale martyrdom of the saints. That's what it's going to cause. Let's read the passage here. Revelation 14, verse 12. Okay, so you just got these three angels, right? Cool. That's great. Uh, Yeah, but this calls for patient endurance on the part of God's people who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Wait, what? How? Why Why is it patient endurance? Because... The fact that these three angels just got done preaching is going to cause tremendous fire on the earth. It is going to cause tremendous persecution and railing against the church. And so here in this passage, we are warned when these three angels come, yeah, it's going to be awesome, but church, get ready. This, what, this, what, the three angels and their message, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who keep God's commands and remain faithful to to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, just in case you guys weren't listening, if you didn't, if you weren't reading between the lines about great patient endurance, just in case you weren't listening, this is a voice from heaven says this, write this, blessed are those who die now. Why am I going to need that information? Because many of you will die now. And you need to know it's okay. (laughs) Blessed are you if you die now. Die now when? After these three angels, after the great tribulation starts, after the Antichrist system is put into place, he says this, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit of God. First, it's a voice from heaven. I think it's Jesus. First, it's a voice from heaven. It's not the angel. It just says, then I heard a voice from heaven. So a voice from heaven says, I want you to tell everybody. In fact, everybody hear me. Blessed are all of those who die in the Lord now. You've entered into a different dispensation of life and of season and of time. Before, things looked one way. Now, the aggression of persecution and martyrdom will be the hottest that it's ever been in history. Blessed are you who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed are you. And then the Holy Spirit jumps in. Yes, says the Spirit. They will get to rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them into the next age. The testimony of the Holy Spirit is, Jesus, you're right, if it's the voice of Jesus. Jesus, you're right. Blessed are they that die now. You'll finally get a break. You get to rest from your labors. It's really been pretty intense, you know, here lately. And however you die in the Lord, it's not like when the mark of the beast system goes into place, everybody who loves Jesus just falls over and dies. They're martyred one by one. And until they're martyred, their days were very difficult leading up to their martyrdom. He says, you get to rest. Finally, you get to take the, the long nap you've been looking for. I know you've been on the run. You've been hiding. You've been praying for the multiplication of food and everything else. Finally, your, your, your rest has come. says it this way. They will rest from their labor. Their deeds will follow them. 
This is an eternal rewards verse. This is the, the promise for holding up in the midst of persecution, for holding the line, holding the name of Jesus. So we just looked at four trends because there's three trends, but then there's also the adverse side effect of those three trends. The first trend is global proclamation of the gospel, and there will be many saved. Second trend is the condemnation and the falling, the declaration, Babylon, the unbeatable system, has fallen. It is now no more. Babylon no longer rules the planet. Yay! Well, don't yay too loud because somebody took over and he's worse. There is now the rise of the Antichrist system. But woe to the planet that is about to receive the Antichrist system. Do not fall into it. Don't take the mark of the beast. Don't worship the Antichrist. Don't do it. And now a whole planet driven by the Antichrist and by Satan's physical presence on the earth. Because remember time frame wise, it's right after the war in heaven. Satan is on the earth right at this point. When he's on the earth and he's raging, at this point now the church is, is warned by the way, there's going to be a great outlash against you. It's going to be a great uh, war that we've already been looking at. And that fourth trend is there's going to be a lot of martyrdom. Blessed are you if you die in the Lord at this point moving forward. Okay? Those are the four trends. Now, what we're going to do with not quite as, uh, uh, not as much detail as we could, we're going to go over the four uh, trends one at a time here. Uh, with a little bit kind of closer look. First here, I've got uh, top of page three, the first angel and the proclamation of the gospel. That's the first one. The, the role of angels. We are used to the role of angels, Hebrews 1.14. But now when we read this, just think about how, just think about the way that this communicates exactly what it always said in Hebrews that we just never read before, Okay. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Now, we've always read that, and it's true, those that have already inherited salvation. That's how we've read that. And that's true. But do you know what it says? Those who will inherit salvation. That means they are sent to help lost people get saved. I mean, that's part of their ministry. Well, that's exactly what the dude does. That's what's his job. His job is to get a giant megaphone and preach to every language, people, group, tribe, nation, and to help them get saved. I'll be darned. Hebrews 1.14 is true. Who knew? Publicly visible angels, just to give you another uh, picture here, of angels that are very visible to millions of people all at once. <laughs> Most of the time when you think about angels, you think about an angel appeared to one guy or three, <laughs> not to millions. You don't normally think about that, but do you know the angel called my presence? It's actually an angel it's called the angel of the presence of the Lord, the angel, my presence in the book of Exodus showed up in the pillar of cloud and in the pillar of fire. And multiple times it says the angel of the Lord. You're talking about an angel that was visible by millions of people and had a very, very public ministry. So we don't have to be concerned with the fact that this angel here, in, or these three in Revelation 14, we don't need to be concerned with the fact that they've got a very public ministry called all 8 billion people because we've already got the precedent for angels in the word having public ministry. 
Next, the fulfillment of Christ's prophecy. Just think about this, man. Think about this. Now, again, we have rightly understood Matthew 24 to be the commission of you and me to tell people about Jesus. We have rightly understood that as the great commission. That's true. But just look at this passage in light of what we just talked about. Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Oh my gosh. That is going to be the most loud fulfillment of that prophecy ever. When an angel goes and preaches to all nations and then the end comes like dang that was you just know whenever jesus opens his mouth anything he says is layered 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 he means a hundred things all at once all right so you got these angels that are going to go around and tell people about uh, or this, this angel is going to go around and tell people about jesus just look at galatians 1 6 through 9 again i'm just giving you these verses because it's like Wow, there was a lot more going on in that verse than I ever saw before. And it all comes to light in Revelation chapter 14, 6 through, you know, whatever, 8. Look at this one. This is Paul talking to the Galatians. He says, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one that you, call, you were called by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But check this, everybody. Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel. And then he says, other than the one we've already preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. This is actually, I mean, Paul, there's going to be an angel come from heaven and preach the gospel. He says, well, you can listen to that one so long as he preaches the same gospel we preach to you. See, this, is, this creates an interesting reality in the end times because there are going to be demons and demon spirits that are influencing and even potentially preaching a different gospel. Look, here it is. First uh, John 4, 1 through 3, bottom of the page. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God because many false prophets. Now, did you check that? He says spirit, and then he says false prophets. A false prophet carries a spirit. But he's talking about two things here. Because you can be a false prophet and not have a demon necessarily, or not have one yet. Says, he says here, he says, test the spirits to see whether they're from, they're from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is even already in the world. This is uh, John describing as an aged apostle, he's describing the reality of messengers who will preach messages that are actually not inspired by the Spirit of God, but that are inspired by a demon spirit. That's really intense. And then we just got done reading, but don't worry, at the end of this, we're gonna wrap this whole thing up with a nice bow, an angel's gonna come out of heaven and preach the gospel to everybody. These are just really interesting ideas, okay? Uh, fear God, give him glory. A bunch of people are going to give their life to the Lord. All right, move on to page five. Second angel in the fall of Babylon. 
Israel's historic enemy. Listen, if you have not, if you're not thinking about signing up for Andy's class, the Harlot Babylon, you, you're wrong. Start thinking about it. Do Andy's class on the Hall of Babylon. That will be one of the most important messages. And, and because it's 14 weeks of information, it's not a one-time thing. It's 14 weeks. You will actually be immersing yourself in what I believe to be the most important uh, message for the church in this hour after the gospel. You need the gospel, but the gospel isn't the end. The gospel is the beginning, okay? So don't stop at the gospel. Take the gospel and then apply it to the rest of the word and keep going. All right. I think the most important message on top of the gospel, and it's really part of it, is the message of the harlot Babylon because I believe we're living in that hour and it will be the most important uh, message for the people of God and it is currently one of the most least understood messages right now in the body of Christ. It's an important thing. So here it is, the fall of, uh, of Babylon, Israel's historic enemy. God has used Babylon again and again and again in the word. I'll give you a few uh, examples there. It's a central point of Bible prophecy that at the end, the ancient enemy of Israel, Babylon, will fall. We're finally seeing the fulfillment of it in Revelation 14, 8. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. The thing that all the prophets, nearly every single prophet, uh, Old Testament, minor and major prophet, it might be every. If it's not every, it's missing two. So you could go ahead and round up and say every Old Testament prophet that has a book, every Old Testament prophet prophesied against Babylon and her destruction, her final destruction. Here it is, finally, this angel's declaring it, Revelation 14, 8. All right, important for future study. I'm gonna just advertise Andy's class and move on. All right, part five, the third angel and the judgment of the Antichrist. This, uh, <coughs> this angel makes it really clear. This angel will say, the clearest, least confusing thing possible that will seem like the foggiest, wrongest, most confusing thing possible to the majority of the earth. Here's what he says in, in, in essence. The Antichrist is bad. That's it. <laughs> he said, he's bad. He's, he's a bad guy. And the majority of the earth is going to go, uh we love him. He's so good and cool. And Angel's like, well, I told you, he's bad. <laughs> Furthermore, I told you, if you buy into his light, you will burn in the fire of God forever. That's the message of this angel. It, it doesn't get any more bottom line than this. This is... This is the kindest thing that will ever have been said to a planet about to take a step off the cliff. The whole planet is about ready to jump over the cliff. And, and the angel just says, if you jump off the cliff, you die. Don't do that. No, we love it. It's so fun. And the planet will not listen. And the planet will jump off the cliff and take the mark of the beast and jump into the Antichrist system. But the point of this angel is actually to give the single most concise, clear, important understanding that the planet has ever needed in a, in a single moment. And that is, you're all about to face the most important decision of your life tomorrow. Don't do it. And then everybody just does it. It's so crazy. He says they'll be tormented by the lamb. That's just really an intense thought. It's not the devil that torments them. It's the lamb. 
He'll be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb forever. Their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those that worship the beast in his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. This is so intense. All right? Next, the church that endures. Patient endurance required. We already covered this a little bit. We're going to break up into groups and have discussion here in just a minute. I'm going to spend just a couple more minutes here. <clears throat> Patient endurance is required. Look at this. Revelation 13.10 and Revelation 14.12 both say the same thing, both related to the exact same situation. And that is the rise of the Antichrist system and the martyrdom that will be connected to that. The, the testimony two times in the book of Revelation is this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Revelation 14, 12, this calls for patient endurance on the part of God's people who keep God's commands and who remain faithful to Jesus. There will be faithful endurance required by the church in the hour that the Antichrist is ruling and reigning. Guys, just for anybody who is thinking that there's a possibility that the church will be raptured before the Great Tribulation, you just have to stare at these two verses and go, two times in about a chapter, the Bible clearly, loudly warns, hey, church that loves Jesus. And it even says the name Jesus in there. Anybody who, who uh, well, it doesn't say the name Jesus, it says the part of God's people and those that keep the name, oh, no, it does, and remain faithful to Jesus. It says the name of Jesus in there, okay? Anybody who loves Jesus, watch out because of the Antichrist. You will have to endure his shenanigans patiently, and it will be very hard for you. It will be a real problem because you will be here, not raptured. You will be on the planet during the Antichrist. So you need patient endurance, saints. See this? We need to celebrate a little bit in the light and momentary afflictions now that can teach us how to put up with a headache and a hardship and you know a little bit of setback, you're gonna need patient endurance to stand against the Antichrist. And if it's not you, it's your kids. It would actually be way better for us than in our 20s, 30s, 40s if we can just have the time to train our kids. Because we can get them a lot readier than we can get <laughs> in the short period of time, okay? And who knows, it may be in both. Probably will. Patient endurance. But the blessing that's promised for those that endure. Okay. Uh, we can be done. So let's go ahead and break up into groups. Luke, how many groups we got tonight? Four groups of eight. Four groups of eight. Okay. And uh, if I got group leaders, okay. So Luke Cooper's going to be over here. All right. Caitlin's going to be right there. Uh, Luke Friedenberg, can you go over here? Andy will be in the back. So get into groups of eight. Move the chairs around. Get uh, into discussion mode. We'll talk here for a little bit, and then we'll come back for a time of group Q&A. So the question is, uh, in relationship to the angel that's sharing the gospel, and really all three of them, because if anybody's going to hear the next guy and the next guy, uh, what language is the angel speaking in for everybody to hear him? Uh, some version of all of them. Uh, and, and I don't know if that is, he's got to repeat it. I mean, it's like, a, man, preaching with a translator is tough. <laughs> Man, this guy's going to have to do all 6,000 languages or whatever. Uh, I think that somehow uh, the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit through the angel's voice, I just don't see him having to say it all 6,000 times, uh, you know, whatever. I, I think somehow 
that you know there's going to be an understanding as this angel speaks. Uh, the people are going to going to hear it, and you know it's really all you would really need is for this angel to be baptized with the gift of tongues, <laughs> and you know it said that they were here. All the people were hearing the gospel being presented in their own language. That's what the the down payment of the gift of tongues did in Acts 2. So honestly, I think you're onto something. I think Acts 2, they heard the gospel being spoken in their own language. Here we are now, this angel speaking. Again, I don't think having to say the same thing to 27 different people groups at 27 different times. And then over here, oh, no, there's 92 people groups over here. Uh, I, I think some version of the operation of the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues or something miraculous uh, along those lines. It's just, it's so defeating when you have to say the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> so I, this just kind of loses all his thunder, you know, if he's got to say it again. Ah. I forgot. Okay, uh, yeah, Mandarin. Okay, so uh, so some version of that being true is a great question. That's that's great. Uh, all right, here. Yeah. So uh, so the question is out of the Matthew twenty four verse uh, fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I don't think there's a chance in the world that the end will come before the gospel has made it out across the whole earth. But just like wickedness will have made it across the whole earth, but then the Antichrist comes and, and formalizes it, you know? Uh, I think that the witness of the gospel has to go out from humans because this angel isn't going to hang around and disciple everybody, and the Great Commission is not preach the word... It's make disciples of all nations, which is about as about as different from just preach the word as possible because you're talking about the whole process of relationship and, dis and discipleship takes time and there's all the going back and forth. There's just, it's a lot more involved process for the Great Commission to be accomplished. Honestly, we're going to need the next age to accomplish it to its fullest. But, uh, but, but in answer to the question here, okay, so then does this angel, you know, complete it or finish it? Yes and no. Uh, I think that what's happening here is this angel is for sure making sure everybody hears it, uh, but not just making sure everybody hears it the first time, making sure everybody hears it right then. <laughs> I mean, that the whole world is hearing this message. And so whether this is, whether this Luke 4, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew 24, 14 is directly related or only very interestingly, loosely related to the message of this angel, we can be sure that the church's commission is to go make disciples of everyone, teaching them to obey everything Jesus commanded, which is a lot of work. And we can be sure that before the end comes, this angel will be released and he will proclaim the eternal gospel to every people, language, tribe, and nation. We can be sure of both of those things. So they don't have to be mutually exclusive or, or, or uh, um, yeah, exclusive of completion. I think that the two things are running uh, together as opposed to, um, you know, this angel is, is the only way anybody's going to hear it. The Great Commission is the commission in charge to the church. So good question. Andy, <clears throat> so the question being dissemination, 
Dissemination and timing. Okay. So uh, so the question is, all right, so these three angels, because it's three, and they're all doing the same thing. And we need to recognize it's not like the first one is the only one that goes to every people, language, tribe, and then the other two don't because it says they're following that guy. All right? And he is for sure going to every people, tribe, language. Okay. So the question was, uh, how does the message get disseminated? Is it, is it he stands, you know, over the Arctic Circle and he just screams real loud and the sound waves just throughout the whole earth? Or does he have to go to every church and knock on the door and be like, hey, little pig, little pig, let me in. I've got a message for you. Um, it says specifically he's in midair. Now, this is the same picture, in my opinion, this is the same picture as when Jesus does the rapture, okay? He's in midair, and he's traveling around the world in some sort of something or other. He's in midair communicating to people from every tribe, people, language, and nation, all of them, and then the next one comes, and then the next one comes. And so it's some version of this message being disseminated from the angel while he's in midair, uh, and he's communicating. So, so again, that's another one of those uh, things of why, you know, I think that it's, it's clear enough to me um, that Jesus is going to be during the rapture, him and the angels with him. This will actually be the second time angels are making laps around. Uh, and really, when you look at the trumpet angels and the bowl angels, it'll be interesting to see exactly how their ministry of pouring out those judgments occurs does it just blow does the angel that blows the trumpet number one two three four five six seven does he just blow it once in one place maybe maybe or does he maybe travel and he's blowing that trumpet so that people can hear it and see it real time i could believe that as well i'm not going to be you know dogmatic about that point but the concept of circumference and traveling and lapping the globe seems to be a theme uh, within the end time uh, drama. So while the Antichrist is going to be accomplishing that through, uh, through media and infrastructure and governmental organization, the kingdom will have temporarily lost that sphere of influence. The kingdom will not have control of the airwaves and TV stations, and all, that will all be under the control of the Antichrist. So for the message to get out, it's actually pretty crafty of the Lord uh, to release angels in air <laughs> to get the message out. So great question. Over here. So how, how long does it take for these angels to get the message out? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know, but whatever answer we come up with must uh, accommodate for the fact that you've got people on seven continents across large bodies of water, you know, and these angels are having to make it to there. And not only that, it's not like the angel just stands over one continent because of the curve of the earth. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the earth is round. <laughs> because of the curve of the earth, the angel, if the angel's in midair, over the middle of North America, the guys on the coasts can't see him. And so, you know, you, you're going to, like, he's going to have to be traveling. So I, a, a lot of time, I, I don't know, days at least, I would think, maybe weeks. I don't know how fast he's going. At, but you, you probably don't want to be picturing all of Revelation chapter 14, 6 through 13 happens in an afternoon. I mean, this is going to, this is going to be a really big thing. This is going to be a global moment. 
where the globe is is realizing, is is hearing, is is processing this. So you want to be imagining some period of time, uh, and I don't know how long. So, all right, well, Lord, we just thank you so much for the work. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.